Welcome to another exciting edition of Near Mint Comic Radio, your local comic shop shrunk down, gamma radiated, sworn to protect a world that fears and hates it, and aired live every week, only on the non-productive network, the only place that would have us. I'm your host, Frank, joined in studio by a cast of morons who are going to read issue nine of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh boy, things are getting crisis to see. <laughs> That's that is definitely how I would describe it. Can, before we get into this beautiful cover art, can I just say how disappointed I am in this issue? I am, how come? I, so we've been talking about what's happening with all the villains, mm-hmm. and I think we came up with a wonderful bit of fanfic of Brainiac picking up all the villains so they could go do some cool stuff, watch some of his home movies, and finding out that they're just going to try to take over the remaining Earths. Kind of a disappointing letdown for me. I would have preferred that they were just chilling in the Brainiac brain chip. You wanted like a shopping montage or something like yes, that? Yes, I think that would have been really cool. I would have liked to have seen, you know, somebody working on one of the Luther's hairs. I think one of the Luther's has some hair, right? One of the Luther's in the <clears throat> in the evil group? The evil? Uh, the good Luther had hair. Good Luther does. I think Luther 1 has hair. Yeah, the Earth 2 Luther had the hair. Earth 2 Luther go. has hair. He gets hair. zapped after, he, you know, he in the second perm? panel he appears in. We're yeah, not so. going to get to it now, but I'm, I want to say that, frankly, Frank, I am surprised that you're upset about this. I, I thought that the last line of the book would have redeemed oh, this it, for it, you. It did. I'm 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 a little I'm being a little facetious. This was fun to read. Nice to see what happened with all the the villains that have been mysteriously disappearing. Uh, let's start with the cover. <clears throat> An amazing cover. I love yep. this splash page. Chock full of bad guys. We're not going to go through and name everyone, but I love the fact that like you got to look at it and you're like, why are you there? Why do they pick you to show up? There's some uh, really odd ones, but like there, there's also a lot of cool monsters and a lot of um, villains who we haven't really seen do anything in DC as of yet. It is an impressive cover and a good way to start this story. But we go directly from the introduction of villains to Guy Gardner, my least favorite. Lantern? Lantern. Finally getting his ring. Wow. Why, why are you not a Guy Gardner fan? He's just so surly. And in a way that isn't fun, he's just angry all the time. And even here, they're giving him the ring and he's just like, he's just thumbing his nose at everything and everyone. And it feels like it was very much a deliberate, I'm going to be a bad boy. Of the Green if it Lanterns. makes you feel better, this is about all we see of Guy Gardner in Crisis. It is- really does. The fact that he gets his ring and then immediately fails to protect anybody <laughs> is so on brand for Guy Gardner. I'm like, all right, good, good. That, that's great. Here's a question. Yeah. As someone who hasn't read this before, is this the first time we see Guy Gardner? No. Because this is the first time he's getting it- his ring? or Okay, Guy Gardner as a character, he dates back to the Silver Age. There was like a basically a one-shot story where Hal Jordan, Green Lantern at the time, he finds out oh, there was this other guy who was equally as worthy and he could have become Green Lantern. And they told like sort of basically a what if story of if Guy Gardner had become Green Lantern, he would have like gone back to Earth via a different route and uh, picked up this space disease and and died because of it. So it was just like, well, it's a good thing I became Green Lantern then. That's unfortunate for Guy. And Guy Gardner, uh, they did a few more stories with him where he was like sort of the unofficial substitute. 
and uh, he had a bad run of it, and he was in a coma for a long, long time. Yeah. And then he, he came out of his coma around this time in the 80s, and he was very, very angry because he'd gotten a raw deal, and he knew it. Yeah, it's he's he's that he was a less good character, and, uh, and Hal Jordan had also slept with his girlfriend. Well, that's just going to happen. That's just going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. So we, we do get a little bit of plot in this. Uh, this isn't just introduce. Oh, by the way, we forgot to deal with the, the the lanterns in most of the story. Let's just blow up Oa. Uh, although that is part of what's happening. Yeah, here. I mean, most of the Green Lantern stuff is happening in the Green Lantern book at this time. And actually, that's a lot of what's happening in this issue. I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of it is, hey, there are other issues out there. Did you pick them up? Because yeah. the story continues in Teen Titans or Green Lantern or what have you. Because yeah. you should have, because this isn't going to make any sense without it. I was right. going to say, we get a lot of the Teen Titans in this, and I'm mm-hmm. not 100% sure what they're up to, because we haven't seen them for a while. No, they do a fair job of just saying, like, and the Teen Titans were there. And there's a plot going on with them, but we, we it's definitely, this is... As marketing speak as you could get. This is a, there's other books. Pick up. The, I'm surprised yeah. there isn't editorial boxes that say pick up this issue to find out more. There are a few. Are there, there are a couple. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so immune to them. I've moved past. The thing <laughs> that we do get some closure on, or um, you know, finally get a little bit of closure on, is what's going on with the villains. Uh, they have been disappearing or dying, as far as we knew, dying from shadow demons attacking them since effectively the f- the first act of this story. Uh, Simon disappears and like third issue or something like pretty early on um most of the villains in fact that monitor collects up because he says this has to be an across the aisle attack (coughs) against uh the oncoming what we would find out as anti-monitor they don't actually do anything the villains disappear throughout the story and we now know what's going on brainiac's getting a crew together and they're gonna go do villain stuff you son of a bitch. Yeah. I'm in. Exactly. <laughs> Brainiac's like, get in, losers. We're going to go do villain stuff. And it yes. works. Uh, and you know what? What Way to like assert your dominance as a group of villains by the, the close of that first section, killing off a Luther, a spare Luther you had lying around. At this point, I don't remember, uh, honestly, I do not remember most of what Luther from Earth 2 was up to. Uh, was he? He was. He well, wasn't he was used too much. Luthering. Um, he like a few years before this, they had a DC Comics Presents annual where, which was a team up between the Earth One and Earth Two Superman, and they had the two Luthers mm-hmm. team up. So, um, yeah, they and as you might expect, the two Luthers didn't get along too too well. Right. That sounds like a lifetime movie to me for some reason. <laughs> too many Luthers. The, the, the two Luthers. I could. I, I would could. watch that Lifetime movie. What if it starred? Um, uh, oh God, I forgot the name of the man who plays. What if it starred God? Wow. I uh, know the uh, Gene close, Hackman. Close. Uh, the man who plays Luther in the BBC show. Oh, oh God. Idris Elba. Oh, Idris Elba. Yes. Mm. Otherwise known as God. Idris Elba <laughs> and Idris Elba in Two Luthers. This should probably be cut out of the podcast. Idris I, I would agree. No, Idris Elba and Kevin Spacey. <clears throat> <clears throat> the two Luthers. Uh, uh, that's problematic. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, they... What's his name? The Jerk? Yes, that's right. Alexi Steve, Luther. Steve Martin. Yes, that's the Luther, oh. who gets destroyed uh, by... Uh, and it, my my favorite thing about the way um, Luther acts in this, Luther from Earth One, is he's, all right, boys and girls, thanks, back to the <laughs> yeah. planet. Like, it's just such... He's so happy to be there. Well, he also just, I love how he casually he shrugs off the, the death of his counterpart. He's just like, go 
good. Okay, moving on. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's totally in keeping with his his brand. Uh, also in keeping with his brand, as I vaguely remember it, uh, is a Jericho listens and worries. That is pretty much very much Jericho at the end of the next page oh, where yes. we get a little tease of what's going on with uh, Starfire and her aspect in the space. This is where I'm really getting frustrated with the story a little. Uh-huh. I get the, the the teases and the throwbacks to very popular books at the time, but like you, you think in the middle of all this is not the place to be mm. trying to trying to tease your other series. Having Jericho looking off panel, contemplating his mutton chops. Uh, who does Jer- Jericho look like to you, folks? To me, he looks like Bob Cratchit. Does that make any sense to you? Hmm. Not any particular Bob Cratchit, just a Bob Cratchit. I think he was sort of semi-modeled off of uh, David Morse, the actor who is, uh, well, at this time he was on St. Elsewhere. Was David Morse a Bob Cratchit in anything? Probably. Not that I know of. Uh, it probably is a good answer. Based on that one picture of him, I'm imagining a very young, mutton-chopped Steve Buscemi. Okay. Yes. Good. It's the eyes. Let's yeah, ju- it is the eyes. <laughs> and with Steve Buscemi, it's always the eyes. What else is there, really? Uh, and then, you know, it, it doesn't stop. We get flipped over to the Earths and how they're crossing over <laughs> and that there's anomalies and, and, and time is run amok. There are certain places where where one world is touching another and people are crossing over into different time zones or time periods, I should say. Seeing more introductions of all our reporter characters talking to people on the street about how wacky it is that you can't go to the village anymore without meeting a dinosaur is a little odd. I, I like that it can, shows that even in the face of the end of all reality, uh, Manhattanites are still coming up with weird names for little sections of their city. <laughs> Realtors are very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they will not give up. You, you, you want to sign a lease in this new uh, two-bedroom apartment in the warp zone. Yeah. I, I like how Bethany Snow, who is like the reported character from the new Teen Titans, who is like this real tabloidy person, and she was like uh, intertwined with uh, Baron... Uh, what's his name? Brother Blood. Uh, I like how time has merged, and so she interviews the roboticist, Will Magnus, the guy who created the Metal Man, and he's yeah. just like, uh, yeah, uh, I do robots. I don't know anything about this stuff. <laughs> yes. And she's like, thank you for your expert opinion. Yeah. You are into science. Can you science us an answer? <laughs> Exactly. This is different science. science. It's usually, Thank you for the science. It's, it's usually a comic book scientist. They are just an expert in science. Yeah, to be fair, she she should have gambled on that. It would have been like, <laughs> yeah. you're a science person. Do it. Do super science on this. Hank I did Pim, kind of a You're man. wearing a speed suit. That's a little Venture Brothers reference for all of you. Hank Pym, you, you're an entomologist. You build robots too, right? Yes, yes I, do. I do. <laughs> what kind of scientist would I be if I don't do all of it? Yes. <laughs> To, to be fair, though, I do appreciate that uh, that Will Magnus does offer this. I am not. I have no idea about what's going on. Right. It's weird because how, they yeah. interview other other scientists that should have no idea, and yet they're they're pontificating. Look, if you want insight into time merging, you go to the guy who hangs around Detective Chimp. That's just. That's just science. Was sure. it, uh, looking, yeah. is that actually Detective? Ch- no, it is uh, Detective Darwin Chimp Jones. He, All right, he he met uh, Detective Chimp in uh, uh, DC Challenge, I think. 
And in case you're wondering what's going on with Wonder Girl and uh, the person who just insisted on being her plus one, that is wrapped up <laughs> in another comic book. So Fury it, of Firestorm, yes. Yeah, so fine. Every, basically, it's it's neat little <clears throat> references to things that are going on in other worlds. Uh, even Actually, one of my favorite parts is the... The, the realization that, for some reason, Kent is being very uh, uh, stiff ever since he found out about Supergirl. Wow, he must oh, have been a nerf thing. That's a horrible way that's to phrase weird. that. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that, I mean, that's a nice little reference. But for the most part, we're just seeing the villains of various, uh, the, the surviving villains of various Earths uh, taking over three out of the five remaining. We, we also have Sugar and Spike watching Clark Kent's newscast. What the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. That Why was, was that that's a full panel? Throwing that in because yeah. they're in well, the DC universe. Is that Sugar and Spike? It, in the that's, pictures. In that's the, like a. It's just a, a photos of them, right? Yeah, but the the kid who's watching uh, is I think Brain. Uh, I think it's another Sugar and Spike character, but yeah, I've never read uh, much Mr. Sugar and Spike. Boy, like it's just he's. They're not. <laughs> this is not gonna. This is like. It's like why wouldn't it be Sugar and Spike watching? And they've yeah, got a picture could, of this guy. Yeah, why? Was why, it, why did we look into this kid's oh, room? This, this kid was a super genius, so he would be watching the news. Oh. And maybe even humming, because he's like, oh, I understand that this Clark Kent guy is probably Superman. He figured it out. Hmm. I guess, but it's it's really, I don't think, I hope there's no payoff for this. I hope it doesn't. What if it's the linchpin of the end of the series? I, I'm going to be honest, I had no idea who those people were so at what, all. What I don't know Sugar and you, Spice. What did you think when you read that panel where you're like, I, why I, is this small I, person yeah. watching? You are exactly right. I'm like, I, I guess it's, it's a like, kid watching in, TV, but I don't is know. Is that Billy like, Batson? Is that, like, what's happening here? No, you I don't think so, because she's Shazam was, you know, Shazam, yeah, just a few like, chapters back. It doesn't back. look like it. Yeah, I, I was ultimately confused, uh, and I have no idea who those characters even are that you're mentioning. I, I, yeah. I, I am not familiar with, I, like, I only barely know Sugar and Spike. I know of them. Mm. And I did not realize that was them until you pointed it out now. Yeah. In mm. my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this is like some precognitive version of Damian Wayne <laughs> sitting there sure. watching... It would all of these track better than who it actually is. Uh, like Talia just let it, left him in some suburban apartment to <laughs> oh, to God, watch this. Latchkey kid, yeah, yeah, he's a latchkey kid. I love that. I love Damien's that. Means a total, narrative. totally a, a latchkey assassin trainee. Uh, absolutely. So in in the montage of the villains taking over various Earths, we do. Um, I mean, the thing that I think most interesting is that what is it? Earth four, the Charlton comics Earth, mm-hmm. the Blue Beetle ship is. Uh, burning in the acidic ocean, which yep. I'm like, wow, all right, you in- went through the trouble of introducing these characters. And they're like, yeah, but the Earth got killed. Okay, cool. Still not quite sure. And then we get a, a series of inexplicable pages of UN deliberation. Okay, wait. Like, I liked Phantom this. Phantom Menace level, what is happening? <laughs> wait, I liked this. Yeah, all right, why? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really judging. But I, why? I wasn't expecting it for one. Um, I wasn't expecting Perm to Luther to be in a suit. They put him in. A, I, I like that suit. Luther is in a suit. I like that that Lila has like broken out her nicest pink hot pink dress. <laughs> yep. This is and the Pariah, 80s woman as cu- equivalent of a suit. Pariah, Pariah like is Pariah. like still in his his outfit. No one gave him. I the, can't like, take the time to get changed. I like might no, be called away at any moment. It's like nobody gave him the memo. Yeah. <laughs> God. I don't know. Well, yeah, that it, is that is the spiffiest thing you can wear in his universe. Yeah, that is so. business that casual. Is true. In, that is true. 
his dead universe. That is there. There is no like black tie events in Pariah's universe. It's There's all green just cape puffy events. shirts and green yeah. capes. Yep, makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, a lot of this is like the remaining Earth. I think this is this Earth, is Earth, Earth One. One yeah. is basically saying, "All right, come on, tell us." Tell us what's going on with uh, how do we how are we certain that we're safe? And my argument would be like, how, what am I supposed to do? I'm not I'm I'm Pariah. I don't know how how were you certain you were safe two months ago? I, yeah. I like you how weren't. Pariah is just there. The danger is past because I haven't disappeared anywhere else. And then he disappears. <laughs> and then he immediately right disappears. On and everybody's like, wait, what? Also, the logic of that does not track. That would suggest that the danger is there. If he hasn't left yet, I'm like, Brian, mm, you're here. The danger's that's a good here. Point. Yeah. Why is this? Sure, yeah, sure. This does not track very well. We have another introduction, in case you're missing it, of a bunch of other reporter superhero characters. There's Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. There's um, I've heard of him. Yeah. There's who's the creeper? The, Jack Ryder. Jack Ryder, and a few other people who are famous from those books. Uh, but like it's just it's still we're nine issues in and they're still just remember this guy you know this reference kudos it took I mean if I had to if I was Marv Wolfman and I had to read all these books I'm damn well making every single one of those people show up for a panel going yeah sugar and spike well also and by this point like Wolfman and Perez were co-plotting the book um so uh, some of these characters are probably just people that George wanted to draw and wanted to toss in there. Right. So, because he, he loves doing that. He's like, I've never drawn this character before. I'll toss him in there. So It's a little disturbing that, you know, three quarters of the way through the book, we've come to, I don't know, what do you feel like drawing? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, our, our you know, villains are basically doing their uh, hostage negotiation tactic right now, saying if you don't give us uh, the remaining two Earths, the three that we already have will get blown up. And then you're going to die anyways, which is really like they only have a really heavy hammer. That's their only tool in I, their belt. I'm, at a this little, <laughs> I'm a little confused, like, because you've literally just conquered three Earths. Why not just keep yeah, going? Why say, do I'm the like, can't you just conquer thing? This I think one? this is a dig. I think this is a dig because the Earth that they conquered are Earth S, which is Shazam Earth, Earth right. 4, which is Charlton Comics Earth, mm-hmm. and Earth X, right? And I guess Earth X, which is Nazi Earth? which Th- I mean, That yeah, was the Uncle Earth. Sam. Yeah, where Uncle, it took yeah. them 40 years to win all right, over so, to. Which I, I keep forgetting the name of the, the company. Quality. Quality. So, all, so all acquired property comics? All, yeah, the DC yeah. villains and a couple of the other acquired villains can clean the floor on acquired property Earths. <laughs> now, okay, it's probably that those three Earths were the easiest to conquer because they do not have as many superheroes. I they don't have, know, though. I like this theory. Each, each, Earth has, each one of those Earths has like probably less than a dozen superheroes. Yeah, and so, it's fair Which enough. is another way of saying that DC is better because we've got more superheroes. Yeah, certainly more powerful, right? At very least, more powerful that we are able to take over those Earths, but the remaining two Earths have uh, too many remaining heroes, so... Call yeah. us when you've got a haunted so, tank. So, realistically, yeah. that's probably it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. I don't think they give that any lip service in the story, but that's probably the reason. Yeah, it does make sense. Uh, and very interestingly, as Superman and Power Girl are trying to punch their way into the other universe, which, to be honest, they could do. This is something that's not atypical, but they're trying and it's not working. And then finally, they recruit. It was a pretty interesting story plot is um, Wally it, West. Wally West, another Flash, Kid Flash at this Kid point. Flash. And uh, recruited by, uh, with Jay Garrick. And, and, and the idea is we're going to bring back... 
the um, the, the cosmic treadmill, I, uh, which yeah. is awesome. I enjoyed this because it was all stuff I knew. Good. good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I, a, I good rereading this. I thought it was a little weird because we have a a, a couple pages establishing. Okay, there's a barrier between Earths one and two. So these two these two sets of heroes they can't get together. And then the next page after they recruit Wally West, we've got people from Earth one and people from Earth two all together. So did they break through the barrier in between, like yeah. off panel somehow? I feel like some of these people were mixed up during the initial conflict with uh, the with the monitor or the anti monitor, and then we didn't really explain where they landed also, afterwards. I'm not sure. Is is there a barrier between Earths one and two? That or, was, a, or is, or is it, it between I, I the took other? It, I took it that the villains walled off the the. Uh, the worlds that they had conquered. Let's see. Okay, on page 14, Superman says it's the barrier between Earths 2 and 4. So, yeah, maybe it's just a barrier between those two Earths and the other three <laughs> that are hostage. Which we will now refer to as acquired property. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, acquired property Earth. Uh, so, <laughs> it's great that we're still introducing people. Doom Patrol gets <clears throat> dusted off. Almost literally the same when the Metal Men are, are more formally introduced. Wildcat, too, says, I'm Wildcat as well. Yeah. She just literally says, <laughs> It, nobody says anything to with more gratuitous Spanish. Yeah, it's just beautiful. as do I, mi amigos. <laughs> that means my friends. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Spanish. <laughs> yeah, we know Trumbull. We know. Uh, but yeah, it, it's 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 also a pretty dramatic moment for Wally West. If you didn't know at this point, yeah, Wally. Uh, the more he, the faster he runs, the uh, the closer the to death he gets. He gets. Yeah. yeah, that's good. His powers are killing him. Yes. Basically because like when he got his powers, he was a teenager, so he was still growing and changing, and it, it didn't work as well for him as it did for Barry. So we've, we've really ratcheted up the tension in this point, and then the rest of this book, we could go through it section by section if you want to. I think if you have something you want to call out, definitely, is classic superhero versus supervillain throwdowns. Yep. Fight! 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 And honestly, I loved it. I loved every little battle here and all the weird mix-up battles where, like, why are these two characters fighting? Because yeah. it looks cool. Uh, and some of the classic stuff, like seeing, um, you know, Superman punching uh, Starro. Yeah. Hooray! Is that who that is? That is who that That's is. That's Starro, the first villain that the Justice League ever fought. And then at the uh, bottom of that page, we have Vibe rescuing Steel. Uh, yep. While he's popping and locking. That's um, ridiculous. Because that was his deal. He was the breakdancing superhero. Uh, yeah, and Mrs. Uh, Ms. Negative. Um, Negative Woman. Negative Woman, that's it. Uh, and uh, Chemo, who is a monster I totally forgot about, <laughs> burning the oceans. And we have some, like, you know, real stakes here. Uh, heroes are dying during this. Aqua Girl dies. Yep. yep. And we, uh, I think at this point we get... Um, we get a little insight on Luther and Brainiac's plan, which is let them fight. Yeah. Whoever wins, I mean, we we're we have more than they do with mm -hmm. numbers, but whoever wins will be around to clean up the mess. Uh, it's pretty dark, but a, it's a lot of fun to finally have a villain you can kind of sink your teeth into, or villains you can sink your teeth into, because up to this point, we've been fighting, uh, you know, a natural disaster, effectively. A, hur a hurricane of negative energy is coming, maybe powered by an unseen foe. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I'd like to point out that this book gives me a little bit of cannon fodder for uh, anybody that gets upset about the killing joke and how you, you turn the, the Joker into a really creepy sexual predator type thing. Oh, yeah. Because 
Yeah, really in the groundwork for that with him and his treatment of the Phantom Lady in this. Yeah, I'm wondering if anybody who inter- everyone who interacted with Phantom Lady was a creepy predator. Because it feels like that's the only thing they've got. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you get together with Phantom Lady, you're gonna ogle her. Uh, in the first, I have the. There's an issue where they have the full meaning of the All Star Squadron, basically all the World War II heroes, and they're giving a roll call, and they have like two. Uh, double page splashes and the Adam doesn't hear his name because he's sitting next to Phantom Lady and he's just taking her all in. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's like, huh? What? Oh, yes. Hi, I'm here. And they're like, oh, you seem distracted, Adam. I wonder why. Oh, yeah, you're sitting next to Phantom Lady. Mm. So it, Because I, I, boobs. I like the way they themed out all the ice and winter villains who are freezing, I believe, uh, Charlton Earth. <laughs> what? Well, or, I think or Shazam that, or Shazam. that's a that's a great device because we have a different environmental thing going on with each different Earth, so we oh, instantly right. know which one we're on. The Charlton heroes, they're they've got the whole acid uh, seas on the Earth X with the quality heroes. It's overrun by plant life, and then on Earth uh, S with the uh, the Marvel family. It's all overrun by ice. That is actually very, very good. I didn't. So, I don't even think I pieced it together until this moment. That there, yeah, there is definitely mm-hmm. a theme for per Earth that's being attacked. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the green one is one of the more questionable ones because you've got Woodrue, you've got Poison Ivy, and the Joker. <laughs> He's like, I'm also here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I like plants too. Sure. Um, <laughs> he he well, has he, a flower. He, he has, has a boutonniere. <laughs> That was all it took. Brady's like, and Joker, you will go to uh, yeah. plant. Uh, you will be plant part of squad. the plant squad. Why? Ponies. Well, <laughs> yeah. to be fair, he, does, he does have a, uh, a fairly intricate plot of what to do with all the plant life. Oh, his plan yeah. to sell flowers We're to Moonies and airports. Yeah. Oh, God. That was just weird. So this entire story culminates in uh, one of the my favorite moments in all of the series. I knew it. My favorite. And English l- literature, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the, the, we, we see Brainiac, one of my favorite villains. Uh, uh, sort of talking with Luther, who's another great classic villain, talking about their evil plans, and who shows up behind him to defeat and destroy Brainiac, but Simon, <laughs> whose name is a side pun, I guess. It's a psychic. Uh, yeah, a psychic pun. I get it. No, but it's like it's like Simon with a P. And he finishes <laughs> it with his perfect line. Simon says Luther must die as well. I wonder how often he used that. I don't think he. I don't know if a that fair was, amount. was that his oh, yeah. his deal. Yeah, it was one oh, of his so deals. Good. Yeah. But yeah, guy with brain in the jar, and for some reason a rat tail is <laughs> uh, is gonna be because you know what this yeah, if is. His power is to mentally command people. I I would think he says that almost all the time. I would hope, but yeah. I, Simon I mean, says do this. What if he just discovered it at that moment? He's like, what? This is perfect. <laughs> uh, also, like, this is Chekhov's gun. This villain was introduced very early on in the story, served no purpose, disappeared, reappears again, seemingly serving no purpose, and is now serving a purpose. And doesn't he, isn't there an insinuation here that he's doing something with Brainiac's mind? Like, he takes that into himself? I guess. I, don't, I, guess? He's like, I don't know. He's making he's it. He's basically just kerploding everything. I think it's tele. Uh, telekinesis? Uh, yeah, telekinesis is, I think, maybe what's happening here. I can tell he's bad news. Yeah, and it. It is impressive. I enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see the payoff of this. People are looking at me funny. 
I don't like that look. But yes, I'm excited that th- there may have been a reason why Monitor put Simon on the ship in the beginning. He's going to stop the villains from routing and, and taking out the remaining heroes before they find out what's going on with all the Red Skies, which are back momentarily. What's going on with the Anti-Monitor? Is he really at the dawn of time? Probably. Uh, but we won't find out until next issue. Uh, so any last minute thoughts about this book before we wrap up this episode? Uh, I thought this issue is kind of fun just because you get to see what all the super villains are doing during this. And that that is a natural question that you would have. So I think it's good that they devoted an issue to basically covering that. Yeah, I definitely thought that they would have the supervillains be part of the team throughout. And that's not what really happened. I mean, with exception of... Uh, Killer Frost, who was brain-modified, most mm. of the villains were, you know, not uh, not appearing in the story. So yeah. it's nice to see them and seeing what they're do- up to now. I would say it was, it was a fun episode. There were some fun little things in there. But if I were an editor for DC at this time, I would say, yeah, we really don't need this issue. We need a full episode that ends with Simon. That's <laughs> like, we, don't, we, we, don't, we don't need to have this side story with the villains trying to take over. Did you need this issue of Near Mint Comic Radio? Well, yes, of course you did. Uh, uh, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Near Mint, please like, follow, and subscribe so you get the latest in the podcatcher of your choice. And leave us a good review so more people find out about the show. Next week, issue 10, as we continue Crisis on Infinite Earths. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.